The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, June 12th. Coming up today. Political lines are drawn as Donald Trump faces the first ever federal charges against a former president. The Fed decision and a pair of inflation reports highlight a busy week for the economy. Goldman Sachs says this equity rally has room to run. And UBS completes its historic acquisition of Credit Suisse. The man charged in the chokehold death of a Manhattan subway rider is talking. Plus, Ukraine's counteroffensive is officially underway. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Yankees lost in 10 innings to the Red Sox. The Mets lost in Pittsburgh. The Denver Nuggets could win the NBA championship tonight. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today. The latest on Donald Trump. He is getting ready to appear in federal court in Miami tomorrow to face the first ever federal charges against a former president. Trump was defiant on the campaign trail over the weekend. This vicious persecution is a travesty of justice. You're watching Joe Biden. Joe, by think of it, Biden is trying to jail his leading political opponent, an opponent that's beating him by a lot in the polls. Former President Trump spoke at the Republican State Convention in Georgia, where he remains under investigation over efforts to overturn the 2020 election. And Nathan, in the face of the indictment, Donald Trump is still finding support. It looks like his base is holding strong. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that part of the story. A couple of polls are out now. A CBS News poll says three-quarters of likely Republican primary voters view the accusations as politically motivated. And within the party, an ABC poll says his lead over Ron DeSantis increasing at least 10 points from April to after the indictment, now 30-plus point lead within the party. Meanwhile, there's concern about the potential of large crowds and possible violence in Miami tomorrow when Trump surrenders to authorities. Trump has addressed supporters with, See you in Miami Tuesday. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thanks. So the political lines are being drawn as the former president awaits his day in court. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham is standing by the former president. Most Republicans believe we live in a country where Hillary Clinton did very similar things and nothing happened to her. President Trump will have his day in court, but espionage charges are absolutely ridiculous. Whether you like Trump or not, he did not commit espionage. Senator Graham was on ABC's This Week, but Trump's former attorney general, Bill Barr, tells Fox News Sunday there wouldn't be any charges if the former president had handed the documents over. Those documents are among the most sensitive secrets that the country has. He had no right to retain them in a way at Mar-a-Lago that anyone who really cares about national security, their stomach would churn. And Republican New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu tells CBS's Face the Nation this will inevitably affect the presidential race. He could win the nomination, but cannot, mathematically cannot win in November of 24, which is why the Republican Party
party uh, needs to look to another candidate, and they've got a lot of great options before him. Governor Sununu thinks former President Trump will likely be found guilty on at least one of the 37 charges he faces. And politics will play big this week, but it's also a busy few days for the markets. We get a policy decision from the Fed, plus a slew of economic data. Here with more is Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. Markets are expecting the Fed to pause its tightening cycle and signal it's prepared to tighten in July. Here's Bloomberg Opinion columnist Mohammed El Arian. The press conference is going to be absolutely the most interesting element. How they describe that the skip which the market expects, is going to be critical. Now, if they don't get favorable inflation numbers, they're in a really hard situation because they will have to surprise the market. Before the Fed decision, markets will get two readings on U.S. inflation, CPI on Tuesday, PPI on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, U.S. retail sales. Friday brings consumer sentiment data from the University of Michigan. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Doug. And against that economic backdrop, we're getting a bullish call on stocks from Goldman Sachs this morning. We get that story from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Nathan, with the S&P 500 now 20% above its October low, Goldman strategists are comfortable raising their year-end target. They say the index will end 2023 at 4,500, and that would be a 4.7% increase from Friday's close. They say while market breadth has been a worry, this current rally will broaden out. Goldman's recession outlook is lower than consensus, while their forecast for S&P 500 earnings is higher than most on Wall Street. In New York, I'm John Tucker, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right. Thank you, John. In Europe this morning, we're learning UBS has completed its acquisition of Credit Suisse. Bloomberg's Marion Haftermeyer says the closing of that deal was announced in an open letter in local and international newspapers. This huge merger has been a huge contention here locally in in Switzerland, and they've had to do a lot of convincing of the population that this is a good thing for Switzerland. And a Mm. lot of questions have been asked around whether this is too big for Switzerland, whether the government and the regulators will be able to handle such a giant merger and the implications for jobs, branches. I mean, it's a highly politicized thing here. So I think this was really geared towards them. Bloomberg's Marianne Haftemeyer reminds us the tie-up between UBS and Credit Suisse is the biggest in banking since the 2008 financial crisis. And Amy, there's more on today's official takeover. The Financial Times is reporting UBS will impose strict restrictions on bankers coming over from Credit Suisse. That reportedly includes a ban on taking new clients from high-risk countries. Staying in Europe, we're learning more about the fallout from assault and harassment allegations against Crispin O'Day. He's being removed from the firm's partnership, and it's naming new managers to take control of his funds. O'Day's main hedge fund now will be run by co-manager Freddie Neve. According to the Financial Times, the firm is also trying to contain the fallout by discussing restrictions on investor withdrawals from its EU funds. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. And for that, we are joined by Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. There's late word former Italian premier Silvio Berlusconi has died. Berlusconi was admitted to a hospital in Milan late last week. Last month, he was released from a hospital for a lung infection. Silvio Berlusconi was 86. Ukraine said its forces liberated at least two villages in the east of the country. It's part of its counteroffensive against Russia. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has reiterated his support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Kim vowed to hold hands firmly with Russian President Vladimir Putin. 
Daniel Penny, the Marine facing manslaughter charges in the chokehold death of a homeless man on a Manhattan subway, is defending his actions. His attorneys released video statements in which Penny says he was protecting himself and other passengers from an erratic Jordan Neely. Penny says he acted because Neely was threatening passengers and it had nothing to do with race. I knew I had to act and I acted in a way that would protect the other passengers, protect myself and protect Mr. Neely. The case is now before a grand jury in Manhattan. A section of a vital highway in the Northeast Corridor has been cut off after a massive tanker truck fire erupted underneath Interstate 95 in Philadelphia, causing a part of the highway to collapse. Governor Josh Shapiro. With regards to the complete rebuild of I-95 roadway, we expect that to take some number of months. Governor Shapiro says heavy machinery is now meticulously removing tons of debris, careful not to reignite whatever fuel remains. Police say a bus carrying wedding guests rolled over on a foggy night in Australia's wine country, killing 10 people and injuring 25. New South Wales Police Commissioner Karen Webb said the 58-year-old driver has been arrested and is being charged, but that it is still not clear what caused the crash. The cause may not be known for some time. It will require scientific examination, and that takes time. Commissioner Webb. Kimberly Akimbo won for Best New Musical at last night's Tony Awards. Victoria Clark also won for Best Leading Actress in the Musical. Meanwhile, history was made when Alex Newell and Jay Harrison Gee became the first non-binary people to win Tonys for acting. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Okay, Michael, thanks. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stashauer. Good morning, Nathan. First Yankees-Red Sox series of the season at the stadium. Yanks lost 3-2 on Friday, 1-3-1 Saturday. Last night, had a 2-1 lead, eighth inning. The Glaber Torres error led to the Sox tying the game, and Boston scored in the 10th to win 3-2. Only three Yankee hits in the lineup that clearly misses Aaron Judge. Yanks lost 4-6 of six on the homestand, and they now start the first Subway Series tomorrow night at City Field. The Mets with plenty of their own problems. Losers of eight of the last nine. Like the Yanks, they had only three hits and a 2-1 loss in Pittsburgh. The Mets have a record payroll of $340 million. And yet right now only four teams in the National League have a worse record. In Denver tonight, Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Nuggets lead the Heat 3-1. They did lose their last home game, but that was their first loss at home since March. And they just won twice in Miami. In Paris, Novak Djokovic won the French Open Finals. Straight sets over Casper Ruud, so he's won 23 Grand Slams, the most ever. been very fortunate that, that you know, most of the, the matches and tournaments I've played in the last few years, are there's history on the line. So uh, I like the feeling. It's a, it's a privilege. It's, it's incredible privilege to, to be able to make history of the sport that I truly love and that has given me so much. Djokovic is 36, hardly slowing down. He's won six of his last eight Grand Slams. He's now won all four at least three times. What a finish to the golf in Toronto. Nick Taylor rolled in a 72-foot putt on the fourth playoff hole longest putt he's ever made in 14 years on the tour he's the first native canadian to win the canadian open since 1954 john stash bloomberg sports from silicon valley to wall street the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage but what will the next phase of ai adoption look like which companies from big tech to startups will dominate 
And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. Donald Trump is remaining defiant and holding on to his lead in the Republican primary race as he prepares to enter a plea tomorrow in Miami federal court to the first ever federal criminal charges against a former president of the United States over his handling of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Ahead of that, we're joined by Bloomberg News senior editor Bill Ferries. Bill, it's good to speak with you this morning, and it has been just remarkable over the course of former President Trump's career to see him hold on to this. Uh, base of support within the Republican Party and over the weekend back on the campaign trail. What are you going to be watching for as we get ready for this appearance in Miami tomorrow? Well, thanks for having me, Nathan. I think uh, on sort of a more immediate front, uh, we've already seen security getting beefed up uh, in Miami, and uh, there is some concern about whether uh, the former president's supporters and uh, whether his opponents will be gathered there. Uh, and in what numbers and whether uh, things will remain peaceful. Uh, people on all sides of the debate, whether they uh, are supporters or opponents, have, have called for a peaceful gathering. But I think, you know, the January 6th uh, violence at the Capitol in Washington overhangs all of these things. Uh, and so there's always a degree of unpredictability. Uh, and then I think we'll be, you know, besides, besides that, I think we'll be looking for, you know, uh, how the how the former president addresses the charges. He's already made it clear in his public comments over the weekend that he thinks uh, that he says he's innocent, that uh, he's called it, he's called the charges a travesty of justice. Um, so I don't think there's any doubt about how he'll plead, but I think uh, there'll be a lot of interest in whether he, uh, he speaks to uh, his supporters or, or uh, the press on his way in or out of the courthouse. And, uh, and then sort of what the timeline becomes uh, as this case uh, moves forward in the coming months, which is exactly when the president is expected to be, or the former president is expected to be, ramping up his campaign for 2024. The remarkable thing about this as well, Bill, is that we have a precedent for how the president could act tomorrow because we've had the appearance in court just a couple of months ago in the hush money case in Manhattan and uh, some of the protest outside there as well. Does that inform what we could see this week? It's, you know, uh, I, I think it does. I think um, it, I think there's a big question uh, about the the size of the support though i think when he's uh that previous case you mentioned up in new york uh was a little more hostile territory for the president uh south florida is a little uh typically friendlier territory for him and uh and uh, you know a, a place a lot of his supporters already live or will easily get to so um i think he uh you know he's more on his home turf and and may perhaps feel emboldened to to talk a little bit more and to to share more of his thoughts about where this is headed um you know it's just uh just happening all a little bit south of the mar-a-lago resort uh 
where uh, these documents that he's charged with mishandling and keeping from investigators uh, were all stored. How do you see this affecting the presidential race going forward, given that there's a possibility that we might not see a trial wrap up potentially until after the presidential race is over? Yeah, we've we've never seen anything like this in U.S. politics before. Uh, the first federal charges against a former president, but uh, much less, you know, someone who's actively running for president again. Uh, how it, you know, there's there's always two elections in any presidential race. There's the 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 primary race, and then there's the the general election. So, in the primary race, the president is still in a commanding position. Uh, he has, you know, somewhere over uh, a third of Republican primary voters. Uh, or a gap of uh, more than about 30 percent over his nearest opponents. Um, and that that kind of support seems to be holding uh, from the polls we've seen, the, sp- the quick polls over the weekend. Uh, a large number of Republicans believe uh, or are concerned that these charges are politically motivated. Um, even, uh, you know, uh, we're talking about something like almost 60 percent of Republicans see it that way. Those are, you know, those are the voters that Trump has to uh, be thinking about heading into a primary. Uh, and if he can sort of keep them on his side, he very well could be in the position of of winning primaries, uh, facing charges and um, and being a leading candidate for president in 2024. It's it's not it's a scenario I don't think uh, anyone would have foretold. Uh, just even a year or two ago. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Amy Morris. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for the Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.